2: I guess I should start out by saying my name. This is Pastor Pete Vecchi. I'm one of the associate pastors at Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. Um, joining me by Zoom today, as has been the case for, I guess it's been almost a year, guys, if not a little bit more, that it's been the three of us, which has been great. I really like the, the way that we have interacted together. Uh, we have Pastor Josh Kugel from the First Baptist Church of Lyman in. Gulfport, Mississippi, and Pastor Don McDonald, also known as Pastor Mac or P. Mac. He is the pastor of Danforth Reformed Church in Danforth, Illinois. And our topic today, I think we're just going to make it kind of simple. It's going to be called God and Science. God and Science. And and just to be, um, you know, showing where I got this idea from, I saw Josh had written something about science uh on a facebook post not long ago and it got me thinking about who do we trust the the idea was josh had been talking about this and this has been going on for years especially in the last couple of years where all we hear is trust the science trust the science trust the science and i just want to go on record as saying that you know science can be very good but the problem is i think that we have maybe misnamed or changed what science actually is. We've kind of let ourselves be talked into saying that science is whatever the experts say it is, whereas science really is something that has to be shown to be provable by repeating it, like through experimentation and things like that. Um, And I think for years, we've gotten away from that is what science is. And how does that affect the church? How does that affect um, our our Christianity? I don't want us to be thought of as people who just simply reject science, because a lot of times science throughout history has been very good. I mean, let's face it: the the Earth does not, um, or the Sun does not revolve around the Earth; the Earth revolves around the Sun. We, we've learned this kind of stuff. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that science has taught us that. Uh, that we might not have known about the human body. Medical science has advanced greatly over the years, but just because something is called science doesn't make it science, and just because it is called science doesn't make it true. And so maybe I'm just gonna start with Josh. Is that kind of along the lines of what your your posts were about the other
0: day? Well, a couple of things have happened lately, and I just wanna say first off is that I. I think people say things like, well, I reject the science or I, I embrace the science. Science is fact. I think it, it's just the way things work. And I think the, what, what I reject sometimes is science gets or the, the application of science gets politicized. Um, I reject that people are fallible. And I know that from scripture. I know that from my own life and everything. And so I know that sometimes science will be misapplied. I know that science will be used to beat other people up. I know that science will be used to unfairly take advantage of other people. So I know, and I, and I love when we figure out the way God's world works and we figure out how to do things with it to make life better and to, make, uh, to bring God glory and all. But I also just hate when when people use uh, just this catch-all phrase of it's science to abuse someone else or to stake a territory that they haven't really earned or something like that. But the two things that have happened in the last couple of weeks the, the most recent one I'll talk about first, because the other one affected me more. Most, and This one kind of does, too. Um, they, they just found out that in 2006 or so, there was a study published in Nature magazine on Alzheimer's. And I'm going to not do this justice, but just give the, the real cheap version of the story um, it turns out that they had always thought there was a plaque buildup in some part of the brain. And, and uh, the, the scientist in 2006, I think it was, said, I, I found proof. Uh, I found the way this works. And he provided not just research that showed it, but he provided photos of parts of the brain that showed all this plaque. Now, it turns out that he doctored those photographs. People didn't question it back then. They said, oh, we've got a breakthrough. Let's begin to spend and develop and work. And so from then on, billions were spent on research. Billions were spent on producing medicine. Uh, millions of people, from what I understand, have been giving medicine based on this research because they've been frustrated until then that they couldn't figure out Alzheimer's. All of a sudden, there's a glimpse of hope. And, and so now they're spending billions because this tears family families apart. People are scared of it. Um, they need all this, um, and somebody from Vanderbilt just recently um, said, "You know what? Let me let me redo what he did. Let me redo those studies. Let me examine them more." And he said, "You know what? He found out, and it's pretty inconclusive, or it's pretty conclusive, that he photoshopped those slides, and all of this was based on a lie." So, 15 years of Alzheimer's research is completely down the drain, and and now they're 15 years like in in reverse starting from back where they were then that is awful Mm -hmm. but that was the second one the first one affected me a little more because of my role sometimes um it turns out they did a study and they did many many studies that they they looked at them on uh on medicine that's prescribed for depression and we've thought for years that depression was based or was caused by a chemical imbalance in the The brain, and I won't go into all of it, I think it was serotonin or I don't know, some kind of chemical that's not in balance in your brain. And they've developed medicine that will supposedly balance those chemicals out to help you deal with depression. It turns out that placebos are almost as effective or or exactly as effective as the medicine that they've been pushing for years. And it also turns out that it's not, depression is not, um, at least under most cases, caused by a chemical imbalance at all. So here's a problem for me. I learned that in school in counseling classes. I've been counseling people for years, and I get to places with people. We talk about Jesus, we talk about uh, attitudes, we talk about relationships, and then we get to a place where there's a point where we get to where I just can't help you anymore because you may have a chemical imbalance in your brain that you need medical help with. I send them on to somebody more qualified with me than me. They get medicine and they end up in the exact same place because. Placebos are just as effective, which means some of the medicine can help, but it helps because you're taking it and you convince yourself that you're feeling better or something along those lines. And I have been, I've been angry over the past couple of weeks since I found that because I felt used. I felt like I was part of the problem. And what it came down to is a professor who had a PhD told me once, and I read books on it that said, This is the way it works. Trust the science. And last week, I was told the science is completely false. So what do you do with that? Um,
2: I don't know. I've talked a lot. So, <laughs> Don, oh, add something. One of the things that I like about this is, Don, you have a, um, a, a psychology background or
1: counseling background. And what, what, do you, what do you have to say about something like that? In my mind, science is always evolving it it it's you know they find out new things that they never thought was possible and so i you know when when i listen to the phrase trust the science i trust the science as far as it is in the day of which it took place with the understanding it could change overnight and and so it's it it's one of those where there are and and this is where it gets interesting to me I don't approach science saying this is a hard fast rule. I approach science saying this is what we understand at this time, Mm. and that it can evolve into something else.
0: Because science Um, was bloodletting at one point, wasn't it?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the you got rid of the bad humor, you know, that was in the blood. You know, they said when General Washington, President Washington, passed away, he actually passed away from the bloodletting. Because he took so much blood out that you know he weakened the body and he died of pneumonia. But that of that time, that was the science. Mm-hmm. I kid my brother-in-law, who's a doctor, medical doctor. I don't call it medical science. I call it medical arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've said for a long time. Yeah, yeah.
2: From time, is art as much as it is science. I mean, right.
1: and and you, you, it's probably we have not heard the phrase medical arts probably forever but you know when when you really look over everything and and I think you know when when I look in particular in the area of counseling I go into it attacking what I can knowing that there are certain areas that something isn't right biologically I still accept that reality because I believe it but I'm cautious about where we're at with the medicines and do we understand the synaptic clefts like we're talking? Is there a potassium deficiency? Is there not a potassium deficiency?
0: Does this cause you to walk any of that back? Because I've, I've read articles now that saying it's all social and, and relationship or, or social and, 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 and learned behavior and stuff causes it.
1: And, and what's the most fascinating thing we could also say is that DNA is a genetics. We, we argue as much about genetics in that process as we do the other. You know, that that's a grand debate that my wife and I have had for years because she's she's a teacher teachers yeah. work on on behavior teachers work on things being and then here i come in as a psychologist sort of saying now wait a minute there are some things in there that are genetic too and and the problem is we have a pendulum and the pendulum's always swinging back and forth from social to external factors all the way over to internal and dna and and so in my mind the, the old adage that I was raised with too, as a child, is use your common sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Use your common sense, you know. And and I think when when we look at it as a church, there was something we said before we came aboard that I I really agree with, and it is sometimes the church is used to hold science accountable mm-hmm. for their behavior. So has the
2: church kind of abdicated that role maybe in the last several years? I mean, when you think about all of the things that um, have come upon this culture, if you want to do the culture, not necessarily just the United States, but the world even, saying that these are true, this is true, this is what the science says. And I don't want to start pinpointing this, this or that or the other thing, but it's like, trust the science, trust the science. And so you start getting governments following these rules and maybe maybe a bit maybe i better pinpoint let's go back to the whole question about global warming which became climate change you know things like that everybody started following this because that's what the quote science said follow the science uh it gets that way with medical science and it gets that kind that way with so many different things this is what the science says and i think we have misnamed science as i said before you have to be able to repeat something over and over you know they'll say the science says that evolution is the way that all things came about on this earth and that's another whole issue maybe you know about is it a a young earth and old earth did god create did did we form from some primordial ooze you know i i personally believe that god created and that god created human beings, and they weren't necessarily one day old when he created them. They were probably, you know, childbearing years, uh, as what we would call them today. It's 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 just different. Uh, there's nothing to prove one way or the other. Was it six 24-hour days? Was a day longer than, um, you know, however it may have worked. But the point is, we have God's word to go on, and God's word needs to be, I believe, the primary way that we look at things that we have to look at life through god's word first we have to filter it through that and and i'm remembering you know this is this is a, a biblical program and i was looking up passages of scripture and i was remembering one and it's from proverbs fourteen twelve, and i looked it up on my on my um computer program here And in the New International Version, it has now been changed from the way that it used to be. What it says now is, uh, Proverbs 14, 12, what it says in the current translation is, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. So I pulled out my hard copy of the NIV from, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, and it shows the way that I remembered it. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man but in the end it leads to death. And the whole point is they seem to have taken away that dichotomy between what seems right to human beings versus what seems right to God. That's the NIV. Yeah, that's the NIV.
0: No, uh, no offense to anybody who reads the NIV, but it's caused a lot of trouble.
2: Right. And I looked up several other translations, and they have not changed that away from the... Uh, no. The NIV is the only...
0: It's, this is a completely... The NIV is the only one in the book of Numbers says miscarry. It's a horrible translation, but everybody who thinks, you know, the Bible talks about abortion uses the NIV from 2010. And it's the only one that says miscarry. Everything else doesn't even allude to pregnancy, but the NIV is just, it, it does that all the time. Because I think there's an agenda sometimes with,
1: no offense. <laughs> let, anyway, us not, let us not digress. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> I, I, hey,
0: I, I would say all the great scientists of the past were in some way related with the church, weren't they? Yeah. But but now it seems like you're either in science's corner or you're in the church's corner, and we've allowed them to do that to us. And I I, I got to be honest, I'm I don't I don't like talking. Talk, I'm I'm okay talking about the NIV. I'm just not a big fan of it, even though it there's a lot of good there. Ken Ham is somebody who is a big a lot of people a lot of people love Ken Ham. But I think Ken Ham has been instrumental in pushing us into a corner. Um, and I don't mean that in a good or a bad way. I, I just he has a very strict and he will square off with the world and he will let them know that the scientific method or whatever all this stuff doesn't apply here because and and maybe he's right or or maybe he's not. but the the thing is is it's been it's one of many, many, many things. That has allowed people to say, well, I'm in the corner of science or I'm in the corner of the conservative church. I'll just say that. Um, And so it's not so much that the world, I believe the world needs us as a counterbalance for for pure self-serving pursuit. I I think they need us. One, One of the big ways, and I'll just talk about a bunch of controversial things, even though for us it shouldn't be. Abortion. People need the church to say, you know what? God gave us life. God put value into us. And just because you can do something that makes your life better doesn't mean you should. Um, You're actually taking something that God has has used as life-giving and all this stuff. And I think the church should be there. But we're pushing ourselves into a corner to where the the medical community, the scientific community is not going to look to the church for a counterbalance when they desperately need one. Because we're getting into an area where we're talking about uh, people downloading into computers so they can live beyond their life. We're getting into an area where people are talking about cloning human beings. And and they're talking about virtual uh, uh, kind of uh, lives that you sit in your your trailer or whatever and put glasses on and all of a sudden you're living the best life ever. Um, Somebody needs to stand up and say, hold on. And they should look for that and they should appreciate that. But we don't have that relationship
1: anymore. I, th- I think the greatest struggle, and this is going back a good 35 years, is when Willow Creek Church had a debate between a theologian and an atheist. Hmm. And, and, and it was the most fascinating debate because they couldn't even agree on how to debate.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, their epistological system from a philosophical viewpoint and and the epistological word means that we have an agreement on how we're going to argue and what will be the sources of the argument yeah and and so for me personally i sat back and went man they can't even agree on what to agree on when it comes to arguing you know the, the the precepts weren't there and and i think that's the frustration that you know, my my the thing that's been good, and I, I want to put a little positive spin on this. I remember back in the probably mid 80s going in, yeah, going into the 90s, where there were a lot of studies coming out about the value of prayer. Mm-hmm. And they were contrasting, you know, yeah, people crazy.
0: people who pray have remarkable, remarkably different outcomes from people who don't.
1: And what's fascinating is science has proven that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Harvard studies have proven that.
1: Right, you know, yeah. and, and I think there's a point where if if anything I would say of the church and what I'd expect of uh, the priesthood of believers is that they do raise flags when something's photoshopped, that they do raise flags saying, now wait a minute, because the church has to have some, what I will call, Ethical voice in our world, even though we don't totally anymore.
0: Or over the last two years, we do raise flags that, that the government may be using science to abuse people, but that's you know, neither here nor there.
1: But but Josh, the important thing is the flag is raised. Yeah. That the conversation is there. And when we think about church and science, which is what this podcast is about, what do I expect, you know, from the church? is that we do create avenues of conversation so that there's a sense of ethical behavior taking place. So let me, let me
2: ask this question, guys. Would you say that perhaps, maybe not just with science, but with many things in today's world, the church is in a way almost fighting for relevance and looking for any kind of way that it can bridge between the the sacred and the secular to the point where you know I will be you know I, absolutely I'll be the first one to say that for instance medical science has made some great breakthroughs over the years and we we talked about we don't bleed people anymore you know we don't antiseptics was a great one back in the late eighteen hundreds you know coming out of the civil war era going into the world war one world war two era when they realized that antiseptics was important. Um, that there are so many things that science has come up with that has been good. But it almost seems like, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, that as we get through each generation of people, especially over the past, you know, maybe 50 years or so, maybe a little bit more than that, um, it, it's as though we want this generation of kids to grow up less and less with anything of God to the point where where is our relevance you know billy graham used to stand up and say you know the bible says and then he would say what it was and that was his that was all the proof he needed mm-hmm. so we were to stand up in a pulpit today or in a, in a in a public stadium today and says the bible says probably more than half of the people would say so what yeah i you know you guys
0: remember napoleon dynamite the movie remember uncle, you remember uncle rico Uncle Rico was Napoleon's uncle and he played high school football and that's all he ever talked about. This guy's 40 years old and he always talks about how he used to be able to throw it. And he wants to go back to that time. I think the church is easy to describe today. We want to be popular again. We want for our high school years to repeat and we're not able to look forward to what God has for us on the horizon. And um, I, I, I'd like to say, you know, we, we want to be relevant. We want to be all that, but I, I just think we're, we're, we're kind of stuck in, you know, our churches are growing smaller, the pews are emptier, and we're unable to move past, you know, we got to get back to what we were. Um, But I will say this, I think the world desperately needs the church. And I would even, I hate to do this, to take God out of that. The world desperately needs, the the reason that Western civilization is as successful as it is, is because of Christian principles, is because every is because we said, you know what, you're not supposed to have slaves. We said, you know what, we need to start hospitals. We said we need to take care of the poor. People can take credit for that now, but they're standing on the graves of of thousands of years of Christian people who who made that happen. Um, It's not every hospital that has, you know, first atheist hospital of you know Indianapolis or something it's Baptist Hospital, it's Catholic hospital, the charity ministries that run the inner cities. The government takes those over and chases people out and does a horrible job of it um there there's There's ministries that go into strip clubs where I used to live. This is what Christian people do, and the world needs Christian people. I'm taking God out of it because when you put God into it, you understand the meat behind it but but the world, if left to its own devices is into things like, you know, mutilating the bodies of teenagers, is into things like abortion, is into things like, you know, euthanasia, all this stuff, if left to its own devices, the world... Well, Scripture tells us what happens. Right before the flood, it says that every thought and every action or every deed was consistently and totally evil. Isn't that what it said? That's where the world goes without the church. And the more irrelevant we become the more sin filled the world is going to become the more tragic the world is going to become and the book of revelation even talks about these people hiding in rocks because they're they don't want to change their ways and uh, i don't know it's it's well
2: go ahead <laughs> <laughs> don you're leaning in like you wanted to say something
1: i i i think i uh, uh, choose these words uh, the frustration part is that in the time we 're living through, we have such an inability to really listen to each other hmm. that that has created
0: we 're tribal people right
1: now we 're very tribal, very clannish. Yeah. sorry, the scotch comes out um, <laughs> that in, in that realm, that means there's more of a dichotomy between uh, God and science now than there ever has been. And yet, there is the reality of conversations that have happened in the past where there is a value scene. You know, I, I keep thinking about as the younger before 9 11 happened. He was putting in place faith based initiative, mental health care, because faith based institutions had a higher success rate yeah. then and and so somehow that has you know well bell awake was a 9 11 mind you but you know you you find in my mind there there needs to be a healthy fluid dynamic conversation between those who walk in scripture and those who don't and that we find ways to see commonality rather than disunity and 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 that is so hard to find these days i think that's my i think my prayer walk because i'm starting to slow down in ministry here is that the lord opens up people's hearts to the reality of what it is to care for one another rather than being right and, and I think that's really you know, where, as we have this discussion about God and science, that they have both together have done such great work. I'm, I'm, I'm 110% behind Josh. When you look over the history of the church, going all the way back to times of medieval, Times the church was there starting hospitals, the church was there starting all these great things. That you know, I think we need to recognize that, but also say, and maybe this is where the dance needs to come back to rather than trust science, we should be saying, you know, trust your common sense. That when you look over history, and we don't do history anymore in my mind, you'll see science changes. We went from a flat world to a round world. We went from you have
0: to to trust the science. Because don't people need something objective?
1: And aren't they trying
0: to aren't they trying to put science in that role?
1: And and there are certain things that, you know, I, I marvel over the physics of the black hole. Can you figure out the black hole? We don't have an answer on the black hole yet. We don't know what it does. We don't we know it's there in theory. That's what science says. You know what that could change,
0: yeah, I saw years. the Disney movie a long time ago. Uh, uh, yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. and I guess that's the thing, maybe what what we really need to be saying as a church is, what is the most consistent thing that we can say to you in your life today, and it boils down to one thing: for God to so love the world, that He gave his one and only son. that's the only consistent thing we can guarantee. What?
0: What? Let me, um, let, me, let me paint a scenario and just ask you guys a question. I, I personally, I'm a young earth creationist. But when I teach Genesis, especially the beginning of Genesis, I always remind people that this was delivered by probably Moses, probably in the wilderness following slavery, probably to a scientifically illiterate people and the primary reason to deliver the first few chapters of Genesis and all, probably all of Genesis, is that people didn't know who their God was and they didn't know where they came from and they didn't know why they were special. And Moses says, let me tell you about yourself. All these other gods around here, in the beginning, our God said, let there be light. And we want to say, oh, we got to go get a science book. We got to go and, and, and forget that Moses had an agenda. God, I think divine inspiration, giving Moses this word. And I know that it was stories told over time and finally written down and all this other stuff. But Moses's agenda, God's agenda through Moses was not to get a, a science book and not to get a debate started. It was to tell people who they belonged to, why they were there, and, 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 that he, and that they were special because they belonged to God. Now, they're all saying we should go back to Egypt because they're gods. Or, or look at the Canaanite gods or look at all this stuff. They all have a homeland. They have family land, all this stuff. And God says, hold on. In the beginning, I created the heavens and the earth. And the pinnacle of my creation, out of the dust of the ground, I put you there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And man, I, sometimes I think we... We think that God has given us ammunition that was never intended to be ammunition. And so I almost wonder if church, the church, we're in the scientific battle for people. I think there's, there's stakes to that. But I almost wonder if God's intent was never to put us at odds with all these other people. Was to tell us that there's a bigger story than, than how things came to be and all that stuff. And so what, what do you guys
2: well, maybe it's the why things came to be. You know, I'll, I'll jump off from where you all are. Joshua said in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. Don said, for God so loved the world, John three sixteen, that he gave his one and only begotten Son. Uh, John one says that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. We know that was Jesus Christ. Let me bring in one more scripture. Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday today and forever you know we maybe we maybe we miss it by not taking scripture into account enough because we look at science and say science is truth where we really need to say wait god's word is truth god is truth jesus said you know the spirit is truth the holy spirit of god is truth And we put what we're doing as a culture, it just seems to me, and it's it's not unusual because it's been going on for even centuries now, where we are trying to move ourselves as a as a race, meaning a human race, race, away from the quote need for God to say, hey, we can do it ourselves. And something tells me that's a lot of how it was going on just before the flood.
1: And and I think sometimes we forget why God you know, placed us here. Number one is to love him. Number two is to walk in his son, Jesus Christ. But I, I, I was looking over Genesis 2.15, Lord God took man and he put him in the garden to work and take care of it. He gave us the ability to do what we do. He wants us to do what we do, but I think the problem we're having is we're spending too much time removing god from the formula rather than leaving him in and we're spending a lot of time trying to uh, negate scripture in the process rather than using it as a as glasses over what we do and how we do it you know and and i think that's that's the real you know rub to me is you know i i still feel and i'm old I know I'm old. I'm comfortable with that reality. I'm almost as old, Don. But that's I know well. Josh is the baby. Not me. Not me. I'm nowhere near as old as you guys. Um, not... But what, what I'm saying is, I still believe there is a dance between God and science, and I still feel it can be healthy. And I still feel, but you got to remember, I'm I'm old school. I actually believe in conversation. I actually yeah. believe that both sides have some value in in the argumentation rather than you're right i'm wrong but everything has a kernel of truth somewhere in it
0: but don isn't if if science is really the study of we would call it creation right isn't that a completely god-driven study
1: it should be those but are the what, exact words I can say. it should be it should and and what is theology but what, know,
0: what what tends history. to happen though what tends to happen i, I just not not to let that go necessarily you're is fine. we send naturally inquisitive Christian kids to school to learn science where a professor tells them you know what there is no God and if you believe in one you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. So
1: and 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 I think the most important thing now my my boys in particular um, when when they were taught evolution in the public school they were free thinkers which sort of. Sp- scared teachers because i actually believe in you should have an opinion if you have any scotch in you you will have an opinion and it won't be popular but you should have an opinion and of course they were very much into the theistic understanding of creation you know that there was a god driving it that there was and and they they always presented because i remember the principal calling me on it laughing to be honest they always presented it how much is there proof for a God as there is a flip of a quarter. They both are very valuable argumentations, but my boys are like, I'd rather say that God started everything up, that God took this chaos and put it into creative order, that God did this so that my life has purpose and meaning.
0: Hold hold on. There there explain that the flip of a quarter.
1: If if you're in evolution, you believe somehow all these chemicals and everything came together just by chance.
0: But by flipping a quarter, you mean by flipping it a million times in a row and having it always land on
1: head. Exactly. <sighs> do you trust that or do you trust that there is actually a God behind it driving it? Yeah. And my God, my boys were always about the God, and, and they were like, why aren't we teaching this? It has just as much proof as does the flip of the quarter.
2: So you know, maybe, maybe what we need to look at is the fact that as we're kind of running short on time here too. The fact that science in and of itself is not good or bad. It does teach us the how about things. But we don't always understand it exactly. But what we have to understand is there is one thing that is truth, and that is God. That is God's word. God is truth. And maybe we need to be looking at that and trying to say, you know, science can be fallible. Looking back and seeing how often it's been wrong. How often it's been um... but Pete, just a little little add to that.
0: Sure. But there is no one good, not even one.
2: Well, That's you it. know. So it's science,
0: just... science can be great, but people are fallible.
2: Right, right, exactly.
0: And people become scientists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. and, yes. And I mean
1: but let's continue that argumentation, and they become ministers and priests. And True, they're...
0: absolutely, absolutely. You know?
2: Right,
1: And
0: I've known a lot of pastors that are not as good at being pastor as I am. Yeah. yeah. That's because
2: you're the best, you know.
0: Yeah, so, <laughs> again, just, don't ask, just don't ask anybody in my church. Yeah. yeah, but
2: still, I guess the point is, it's not that there has to be a, a tension against or a, a fight against, I say, between a fight between science and God. I think they're both good, but God is better. We have to understand he's the authority. And if there's a question about which one is the higher authority, I don't think that there's a question that even needs but, to be answered. It should be God. But, Pete, is there ever a situation where actual, real,
0: proved science will contradict something that God is?
2: I don't think it will be. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think it, if we think it can. It we think it does sometimes based on human observations, but then yeah. again, going back. Or, to-
0: or sometimes based on an uh, improper understanding of Scripture.
2: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the bottom line is, do we trust God or do we trust science? And the question is, yes, but we need to put each in its place. I think that's how I would put it. God, you trust first, you can trust science if the science shows you truly what it's what it meant to be you know that somebody isn't manipulating the answers somebody isn't manipulating the experiments because let's face it we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now if it wasn't for science you know we 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 know things now that we would didn't know you know even a couple of decades ago
0: you you remember you remember the star trek movie where bones uh it was the one with the whales was it star trek four and uh there will be whales here some somebody was uh was they were setting a broken arm or something like that. I forget exactly what well, it was. They're
2: to, yeah, they are doing all kinds of things in a hospital. Right.
0: And, and Bones goes, animals or whatever he says about them. You know, I can't believe they're so primitive. They haven't fixed this yet or whatever. Yeah. Almost like right.
1: it was barbarians. I think the word was barbarians. I, I think you're yeah. right,
2: Bob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the lady running around.
1: I grew a new kidney. I grew a new Uh, kidney. (laughs) Science evolving. Always fluid. Yes. (laughs) So Maybe
2: that's the way to look at it. You know, I mean,
1: isn't,
0: isn't to, isn't to the reminder that we don't know everything. What should keep scientists and theologian in check.
2: (laughs) Oh, I think that's very important. I think that's a great, great observation. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad you you got that in here before we close because that's that's very important. Even even we Christians, even we pastors, don't know everything. I, I was I was thinking about that the other day. The more that I learn, the more that I realize I don't know. Yeah. yeah,
1: the word is humility.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well. With in all humility, guys, I think we need to start closing out this. <laughs> um, How many times have you tried, Pete? <laughs> I, I think we're getting to the end. I haven't been trying. Shoot, I could go for another, you know, another 10-15 minutes, but it's our listeners might be getting wow. tired of hearing us. So, um, I, I, I just hope that this has been an edifying situation, an edifying discussion for our listeners, because you know, science can be good, and very oftentimes is good. But it is not the be-all to end-all. The be-all to end-all is Jesus Christ. The be-all to end-all is is God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we need to keep things in perspective. So I think I'm just going to end it with that as far as the the wrap-up and just say thank you very much to um, Pastor Mac, Don McDonald, again, Pastor of Danforth Reformed Church, Danforth, Illinois. Pastor Josh Kugel, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Liban in uh, Gulfport, Mississippi. And I'm Pastor Pete Becky. I'm one of the associate pastors at Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. I want to thank everybody for joining us for Reconciling Grace. Hey, let us know what you think. Send us an email. Send it to rg at reconcilinggrace.com. And Lord willing, we'll be back again another time for another podcast of Reconciling Grace. This has been
0: Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace.